Welcome to the Addiction Connection. We like to believe the opposite of addiction is actually connection, and we are going to attempt to educate you and possibly even entertain you while we navigate all topics addiction. Hi, I'm Dr. Kirk Devine. And I'm Dr. Heather Bell, and we both provide primary care and addiction services. It's our goal to help you learn more about the disease of addiction and its treatments. Well, we're back. And we're winging it, apparently. And we're winging it. Today. Episode 60. Yeah. And of course- That's like what you're going to be in like a few short weeks. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Actually, it's what now? June 1st when this airs. So 12 days. Yeah. I hate birthdays. 12 Always days. Have. Everybody June 13th. Lucky number 13. I hate Kurt's birthdays. It's going to be 60. You know, I was just in my Just home- so you know, I won't even be 40 this year. <laughs> I was just in my hometown this morning, went for a run, and I ran over the area's usual routes that I took. I went a little five. And none of the stuff is still there. Um, No, most of it was still there. The Red Bridge is now in the park. Well, there were a lot of people who were dead uh, that were living in houses (laughs) before. but uh, And the Dairy Delight was gone, which was depressing. And yeah. For all of you who've been to Park Rapids, go to the one park by the river thingy and there's a playground, but there's a Red Bridge. Yes, there is a Red Bridge that used to go over the river. And I ran over that more than a thousand times in With my Dr. Benjamin. Yes, Dr. Charles Ira Benjamin. So, so yeah, so yeah. In case I was Linda's back. listening to this, so sixty years old means nothing. So let's just move on. Anyway, so today we're talking about something totally not related to a red bridge, serotonin syndrome. Yeah, and I think it's really important for us because a lot of the a lot of the things that people misuse or use, my chair keeps making it noise. Does. I'm I sorry, everybody. It. Yeah, and it's we're like, still in my cabin, my kids' room. Yeah, it's very hot. Um, so anyway, a lot of the the medications that we use will cause serotonin issues. A lot of the misused drugs, such as methamphetamine, other things we'll talk about, can precip- help precipitate serotonin. I think this syndrome. is one of so, the things. Like, I'm a super anti polypharmacy person. Yes, and again, I'm going to go back to corrections right now. But sometimes in corrections, we see a lot of medications like a lot of medications and these are younger people in mental health when they get out of the jail are they really going to take all of them or so polypharmacy in general just is something that i'm really passionate about not having and especially because a lot of these meds like people are anxious because they're in jail people are anxious because they're withdrawing people are in all sorts of situations so sometimes that answer isn't throw more meds at them yeah so anyway, so, so what serotonin, is serotonin, Kurt? Yeah, you know, some people kind of call it that, well, that happy chemical. <laughs> and, and of course- I had a it, patient once who had the chemical structure for serotonin like tattooed on her chest area. Crazy. Uh, nice to know. Um, <laughs> but of course, uh, the other thing, the other way it's known is 5-HT or 5-hydroxytyramine. Does that make it mean it makes you sleepy? Uh, oh, that's it, tryptophan. It Sorry. clearly does mean that. Okay, so it serotonin is a neurotransmitter. It is actually a precursor to melatonin, so it can make you sleepy. Yeah. Um, and we all have it throughout our body regardless. Yeah, it's just all over. The interesting thing I find about serotonin is that on its own, it doesn't cross the blood-brain barrier. Now, that's assuming, Dr. Bell, that you have a brain. <laughs> Never mind. But uh, I don't know if that was supposed to be funny, but (laughs) tryptophan. Everybody, please send a letter in to us if you think that was funny. Yeah, purified tryptophan though actually will get across 
So it's interesting that serotonin itself, I mean, there's a lot of people say, oh, we'll take ser- things that are high in serotonin and blah, 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 and tryptophan. But sometimes it just doesn't get across. That's interesting because you have your like set amount of serotonin in your brain. So you can't really fake increase that. Not easily. Anyway. So the relationship of serotonin to like a lot of our body functions, not really understood. I mean, we know that serotonin is in other places than the brain. Um, but, and there's certain things that are affected by it, but does that make people ticklish? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> you sure that happy chemical. I'm just thinking that would anyway, I've not seen that in any of the articles I reviewed anyway. Um, so there's medications that increase that trigger increased serotonin levels, but in a variety of ways. So, yeah. So the re what the relationship with serotonin. Yeah, we don't know that you just said that. I did just say that. And but I like this. This is back to that whole podcast we did like a year ago about exercise makes you happy. Serotonin can be affected by exercise, light, and diet. Well, there's that guy right now who's on like day 88 of doing an Ironman every day. There's no way that exercise is making him happy. There's another guy doing it? Same guy. The Iron Cowboy? The Iron Cowboy. Are they doing another documentary on Netflix? Can you imagine that they wouldn't? Why did we get off in the weeds there? But yeah, so we were talking about exercise and happiness. I don't think an Iron Man every day. No, in would fifty states. No, he's only. A, he's going to go on for a hundred days. Yeah, I don't understand. That guy's amazing and he's crazy, crazy all at the same time. <laughs> he's got a million kids in a camper that go with him. So, so anyway, reason, we're digressing. Yeah, so we're talking about serotonin because of serotonin syndrome, and we've bumped into. Somebody that had a little trouble like this a while back. Oh, I had a patient in clinic a couple of years ago with it too. It was, yeah. it's interesting when it happens. So the interesting thing is why we're talking about this, especially when we're talking about all these different meds and different things that people use, it is potentially life-threatening and um, excessive certainergic activity in the nervous system. So you have way too much serotonin, the serotonin syndrome can be bad. Yeah. And of course, I think a lot of times in the patients that I've seen with this, with this in the past, I kind of lisp there for a second, um, it's it's characterized, I think, mostly by those mental status changes. So you see people kind of having a little bit of trouble and you know right away, should we be looking at their meds, especially if they had a recent med change, they're using some other medication that might... Uh, might affect the ones they're on. So, And this is that question of, are you taking anything else not prescribed? It's always important to ask those yeah. questions. Anyway. Yeah. So um, most of the cases, of course, uh, patients are using multiple serotonergic drugs uh, or they have a really big exposure. You know, they got a massive dose of one. Uh, and, you know, sometimes we see these people. Well, overdose on, attempt. And overdose attempts. That would be the other thing. Try it all. Yeah. Anyway, so... How do you diagnose it? Hunter serotonin toxicity criteria. That's so fancy. Yeah. And I, I think, never knew that was a thing. I didn't either. And I think this is one of those things that they just basically have criteria that would help you know whether or not this was it. I love this. Requires the precursor. No, or the presence. presence. Oh gosh, you need better handwriting. Requires the presence of classic findings or group of features like duh. Okay. Yeah. First one, um, spontaneous clonus or inducible clonus. Yeah. So we're hyper excitable is yeah. what you're saying. So you have to have you have to have a group of these, right? So those mm-hmm. two things. The second one, of course, would be inducible clonus or agitation and diaphoresis. There you go. Ocular clonus with agitation or diaphoresis. Yeah. Um, tremor and hyperreflexia. Would be another way. Or hypotonia with a fever greater than one hundred point four and ocular or inducible clonus. Yeah. 
Hmm. So there's, anyway. So there's lots of different things. And of course, when we look at altered mental, mental status, it can be lots of different things, whether it's agitation, anxiety. They can be disorientated. Or, a lot of times, the, the one I remember I saw the one time is very restless, um, almost like somebody in withdrawal, just very restless. Yeah, the guy that I had in clinic, he was already a baseline anxious, but he got more anxious. So I think this is where people can run into the trouble because they're already anxious. So you keep piling on the SSRIs and then they get more anxious. So you try to give them more and now you're in serotonin syndrome. Yeah. And I think when we're looking at neuromuscular abnormalities, it can be a number of things. And I think one of the things you have to think about too is that rigidity. I mean, we talked about the other ones, but rigidity um, and and even that, I don't know if I can say that. Ichthesia. Yeah, Cal, you do that's that. That's that like... Well. Like, yeah, where they're just kind of moving around. They, yeah, thing. that's so the guy that I had that I just can't not picture. He had that, and tremors was more of what he noticed. Although I'll be honest, I didn't do a Babinski on him, or yeah, but yeah, and then that autonomic kind of hyperactivity, and of course you're going to see that you're going to see them have hypertension. You're going to see you know tachycardia, tachypnea, kind of that whole ball of wax. And actually, their pupils will be big, which I thought was interesting. So um, hyperthermia skin shivering i mean it's kind of that it's kind of like you just the whole adrenaline thing just went haywire is kind of to me what it looks like but yeah yeah so this it's interesting because you know when you think about it when did these when did we start using drugs that were were going to affect people's serotonin that was back in the 60s when they started doing some of the different studies oh when you were alive i was alive <laughs> so MAOs, so the monoamine, uh, monoamine, M-A-O-I. inhibitors. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Increase synthesis or release, decrease uptake or whatever. So it's like. Oh, that's, me- you're talking about mechanism of actions. Oh. So there's three different ways. Of three different mechanisms of action. Oh, of getting increased serotonin. Correct. Gotcha. So you make more and you release more. You Correct. don't bring, you don't reuptake it. Correct. So you have extra in the extra intracellular spaces. Yep. So there's lots of different ways. And then you can just activate the receptor without actually serotonin being there. Yeah. And there's actually, I think we have a, a ton of other a, a ones. big train coming by. I think it's like every five to 10 minutes. <laughs> But there's a lot of meds that can do this. And I think this is very important because the three different mechanisms that can increase the serotonin, like I just mentioned, three is, I think, a lot of ways to increase one substance, especially when you can multiply all these together. So the big meds I think we really need to think about, um, meth, like we're addiction doctors, so let's talk about the meds that people abuse. Meth, ecstasy. Okay. I'm sorry, Demerol, nobody uses that anymore. Tramadol. Yeah, some of these things to see. And actually, when we started doing more addiction, we still had patients in our clinic who were getting Demerol shots every week or two. Uh, and it's interesting that when you look at that, those are the people that were also on serotonin-type medications. They had depression, anxiety. So, yeah, it was, a, it was something you would see. I think the one we see the most, obviously, is the SSRIs that you're the yep. serotonin reuptake inhibitor. So any of your SSRIs, I mean, pick one. Well, um, well and I think one of the ones that's sometimes missed is Buspar or Buspirone. Yeah. Well, that and Bupropion. Yeah. I was think that was the one that jumped out to me the most that I just didn't think about. Yeah. But cocaine. Yeah, that'll do it too. <laughs> Dextromethorphan. Let's talk about cough syrup. 
Yeah. So there's lots of different ones that can kind of do that. And and I think one of the other groups that kind of inhibit that CYP450, right? There's a bunch of those that are that you wouldn't think. I mean, we all think of fluoxetine and sertraline, but you don't think about the ones like Cipro or methadone or oxycodone. They can also sometimes mess things up. There you go. Um, fluconazole. Yeah, fluconazole and citalopram. You know, those are some of those ones that uh, are the inhibitors of the P450. Literally, I'm just looking at this list. It's literally every medication. LSD, lithium. Yeah. Aldopa. I mean, this when I learned about this this syndrome when I was in medical school, I very distinctly remember this this discussion where we talked about, you know, the SSRIs mixed with MAOIs. Okay, period. I've never prescribed an MAOI I think that, that I can even think about, but um, yeah, linazolid maybe once in a while in, in a hospital setting. But then when I learned tramadol can increase this, that was like mind-blowing to me. But that was kind of where my brain stopped. Those were the meds that caused serotonin syndrome in my brain. I think the takeaway really for this, for me, kind of looking through all this is, boy, if you have one, if you have a person on one medication that you're, you clearly know affects serotonin, if you put them on another one, you should check. Because, you should check. Because some of them are unlikely. Um, That's and a great also, point. Yeah. And also when you get people coming in using substances like meth and they're maybe still taking their serotonin uh, affecting medications, if they're acting unusual. Right. It's not know. just always meth-induced psychosis. Yes. Don't, don't blame the drugs always, unless you're talking about the medications. The other thing I think that's important about what you just said is when you're looking at the dose people are on, you know, try not to push that recommended upper limit. There is a reason they say it's not more effective above this dose and can cause more side effects. Don't go above that. Now we got this whole sheet of the different uh, drug combinations that can cause this, but be clear that it's... Everything. It's everything. The, the combinations. <laughs> I don't want to go through this. I, no, and we're not going to. But I think the the other thing to understand is the most common medications are still the most commonly ones prescribed. So that would be your your typical fluoxetine, sertraline, uh, citalopram, the ones that we see a lot of. Exactly. So maybe we should talk a little bit about the differential. Because sometimes when patients develop these kind of symptoms, the question is going to be, is it really serotonin syndrome? So... Yeah, so serotonin syndrome can look like neuroleptic malignant syndrome. So this would be people who have dopamine antagonists. So this is people who are on like L-dopa. You know, are they, looks very similar. Rigidity, braided reflexia, um, neuromuscular hypoactivity, but they had to have dopamine antagonists on board. And the other ones, when you get, uh, for instance, they can look like malignant hyperthermia. Now, we didn't talk about this, but with serotonin syndrome, sometimes you can see a temp over 100.4. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, a fever is going to make you think about malignant hyperthermia. So anticholinergic toxicity, you know, this one to me is a little bit, you have to think a little bit harder because anticholinergics, I just, I don't know, the dry and whatever. But yeah, a that different. is a part of... The, the symptomatology of serotonin syndrome as well. But they don't have the urinary retention, kind of that decreased bowel sounds, hot and dry, as they say with anticholinergic. Well, Matt hot. is a hatter. So yeah. that's one of those side, you know, the, the symptoms in the dry as a bone, Matt is a hatter. That's all anticholinergic. So I think to me, when I saw my guy with um, 
serotonin syndrome, I think the first things I thought was, oh my God, is this guy septic or is he high on drugs? That was like what came to my head the first, but this was eight years ago. So it was just, there was something going on and he's got a temp. Does he have an infection? To me, that was what I was most worried about, but. So interesting. How about the management? (laughs) I admit them to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. That was that was my go-to eight years ago. I'm like, oh, this guy needs to be admitted to the hospital. We'll stop all of his meds and figure it out. No, don't do that. But yeah, and it really depends on how s- severe they are. And they, of course, break this down into mild, moderate, and severe. I think for the most part, if they're severe, you're, you're going to notice that right away. But the mild people with just a little hypertension, maybe a little tachycardic, you know, maybe a little sweaty or tremory. Um, you know, some of these people can, you know, just by discontinuing their medication, depending on how many of them they're on and giving them kind of support, uh, they may just slowly improve. Now, would you need them in the hospital? You might. You'd probably need to observe them at least until the symptoms start to abate. So six to 12 hours, maybe a little longer. Well, if you're talking something like fluoxetine, though, I mean, that's got a really long half-life. So, Especially if they OD'd on it. You know, that's a different game. Um, But the moderate people, a little different. Right, more agitation, more hyperthermia. I didn't even honestly come to my mind to give this serotonin antagonist, ciproheptidine at the time, but it was admission, ICU, telemetry, monitor the symptoms. Yeah, and the severe typically have that big fever, you know, very big swings in their pulse rate, blood pressures. They they will look very unstable. Um, I've never seen anybody quite that severe. Um, but they may really have a delirium. And it's really in the diagnostic grouping of, of delirium. you got to always think about what meds they're on and could that be part of the issue. I think the big key in trying to manage this, I think hospital admission for serotonin syndrome is never going to be wrong because it can be life-threatening. And the biggest question is obviously what meds are you on? What other meds have you taken? What other herbals and all that? St. John's wort, yeah. high-risk one. But... What was just changed? What just happened? Was a med increase? Was a new med added? Did they try to OD or take double the dose? It's really trying to figure out what was the new thing and then reevaluating their med list. I mean, if if they're that borderline already, you need to you need to really watch the polypharmacy. If a med isn't working to help their depression, don't just add another one. Yeah, get rid of it. And you know, the thing to remember as well is the onset can be very different depending on which of these you know, drugs we're using as well. So Mm -hmm. it could be an hour, it could be 10 hours, it could be 24 hours. And again, looking at that history, it's so really just so important to look at when meds were started and when they were stopped. So history, 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 and, uh, you know, taking a very close look at the patient. Right. So there we go. Serotonin syndrome. There went my glasses. (laughs) His fourth of six pairs, just so y'all know. Anyway, we'll see you next week. Uh, GHB, totally shifting gears on the serotonin to date rape drugs. All right. Battle legs. Your turn. Hey, I feel sick and I feel used. You ain't the boy I thought I knew. You put me on your shelf You never think of no one else But you said 
Stupid boy. 